Welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast where I, Caroline, thought it was a good idea to hop off my Peloton and immediately put on my headphones. And it's like I can hear water in my ears. I am a deeply heavy sweater. Like even if I'm like, I'm going to like earlier today, I did a 10 minute arms class because I'm like, I'm not going to sweat. And then I got on my Zoom meeting and was like moist. On my like, face. Why? Why is my forehead reflective? Yeah, so David these really nice headphones for podcasting for Christmas, and I'm like, I will short circuit these and electrocute myself during this episode because I'm sweating <laughs> so profusely. Um, and it was your recommendation, so thank you. You are so welcome. I'm Mallory. I thought it was a good idea to get on. Just you know, I'm I'm on day six of my COVID diagnosis, the first time since the pandemonium started. May God bless and keep you. Yeah, thanks to my vaccine for keeping it very, very mild. Um, and then everybody else in my house except Zoe getting it. So uh, really was feeling stir crazy, really was feeling like I needed some endorphins. Yeah. Um, but man, taking a a low impact class the other day, I was like texting you from the bike being like, this feels amazing. I'm really mm-hmm. trying to be good to my body. Um, and then today I took another, but like a 10 minute low impact with Kendall is oh. still an ass kicker. It yeah. was still kind of, it was still a lot. And then of course I stacked it with this Cody class, um, that we, <laughs> I shared our it was text just messages. So much. It, yeah. Walk us through the playlist. Actually, hang on. I'm going to pull up your text specifically because even if you don't Peloton, I do feel like this is something that you can relate with. And I want to know exactly who made you feel this way in your feelings. So (laughs) you sent to me because we, we as Peloton writers do refer each other and recommend classes quite often. So you sent me this one um, and said very climby, which is what I like. The playlist is giving horny 2000s virgin stripper dancing in a circle with her friends. <laughs> and I really, really loved it because I could put myself right there. I was yeah. that. I was yeah. that. But of the playlist, and I will actually, for reference also, because I'm nothing if not like a research-based podcast host. I've um, it up, yeah. So you, you have the playlist up? I do. Great. It starts off with I Want to Be Bad by Willa Ford, mm-hmm. banger forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Buttons, the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. Not Myself Tonight, Christina Aguilera, which mm-hmm. not one of her not no. one of her hits, but like a pretty solid, um, you know, grinding yeah. virgin song in the, <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the oeuvre uh, milkshake by Khalees. And then obviously I'm a slave for you, Britney Spears. Um, yeah. I don't want to give short shrift to the cool down track. No, which because is like, this is my, com- this, this is my commentary. <laughs> Go for it. This is, it's so mean to put it after I'm a slave for you, which is just like pinnacle of mm. early 2000s pop, but it's irresistible by Jessica Simpson, which. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I need to comment on this because (laughs) I was, I was frustrated for my, my teen self that that was the Christina song that he chose because I felt like a sinner in my feelings about dirty when it was ex Tina, because I knew all of it, the intro, all of it, but I related deeply to and felt very fine about grinding alone question mark to irresistible by Jessica Simpson because she was a Christian and her boobs were too big for the Christian music industry. And I felt like (laughs) like many of us who were raised in an evangelical church that we were waiting for the world to oppress us. And I felt like that was her. And so I'm like, look at us maintaining our virginity, but also like experimenting with the world a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, I absolutely, um, coveted those (laughs) chaps from yes. the dirty music video. Yes. I mean, truly, truly loved those. Um, that whole that whole album honestly is is super duper perfect. Um early, like early Christina less so, but just like Mm. Anyways, well, my friend, moment my friend, for her was uh, was very, very magical. My friend Brooke, who's also my real life friend and um has been writing <laughs> of I mean, I feel like, you know, I just whatever. I don't know. What is what is friendship anymore? But um, she just 
got a Peloton bike. She's been riding on the app for a really long time. And so we, she's, she's just a wonderful person. Um, but she and I also send class recommendations. Anyway, she took one the other day that I guess had, I turned to you by Christina Aguilera, which as you know, is like a power ballad that we all should revisit. And she sent me the music video and the way it transported me to want to do my makeup exactly like Christina in that she was luminous with this very gold eyeshadow that I know that I had from CoverGirl and like a very finely lined eye. It it was just the whole thing I would still like to try to do for myself because it just brought up a lot of feelings. Oh yeah. Yeah. This whole playlist on this, on this ride today brought up all the feelings, brought me right back, honestly, to like your wedding night. I mean, girl, uh, <laughs> it would be a lady like me to elaborate, but really the early 2000s pop um, yeah. brought me right back to, I mean, I went to public school, but all of my boyfriends went to St. John's high school. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Cause I have taste, um, <laughs> and, which is not saying anything about St. John's. Let's be real. Said more about my, uh, my classmates, but um I also did not have taste in high school because I would go to be like the trashy public school girl at the private school dances. And I love that. I mean, this was very, very much my, my journey and identity there, but the, uh, but just the will afford of it all. I vividly remember one of the chaperones telling me, uh, to leave room for the Holy spirit. See, our, <laughs> that's very good. I had my very first French kiss on the back of um, a, a charter bus going to a, 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 it was called a mission trip, but I just need to be very clear that we went to a resort in the Florida Keys and the mission was that we invited our non-Christian friends to also go resort with us. Mm-hmm. And um, we were told very explicitly not to make purple which was su- such an interesting mm. take because, as you know, girls are pink and boys are blue. And yeah. so we were not to make purple, but my tongue did. So, <laughs> but then, but then I got ghosted the entire mission trip and I prayed a lot about it. So, I, I yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying there's a lot of complicated feelings here. I think, I think you and I both have just like dropped a pin on full encapsulations of who we were in high school. Thanks and, to and this. still, if I'm and still, yeah. Thanks to Willa Ford. So yeah, thanks, really. Willa thank you. Thank you, Willa Ford. Um, <laughs> that's great. Well, let's segue to somebody else who like has made purple in a big way. Let's talk about Megan and Harry just again, because like, can we not escape them? But you specifically did the hard work and read. And did you read or listen to The Spare or just Spare, not The Spare? Yeah, not The Spare. Um, He is The Spare, but Mm -hmm. his book is called Spare. I did the very hard work of um, listening to it for free on Audible because I signed up for Audible (laughs) to get get it. Good. Um, because I because I looked to see where, how much it cost at the local bookstore by me, um, Barrett Bookstore in Darien, woman-owned business. I love it. I was like, I'm not paying thirty-eight American dollars for this U.S. dollars. Absolutely not. Am I going to be doing that? No, thank you. Um, so I signed up for Audible and got it. I got two credits for free for the first month. So I've listened to Spare in literally two days. Um. <laughs> I listened at 1.7 speed. All of my, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I listened to podcasts at 1.5 speed. Okay. Um, you and my friend Heather both in it, like stresses me out. She and I Marco Polo each other. Okay. Do you, do you Marco Polo? I don't know. Okay. I've almost invited you to do it, but then got self-conscious and didn't, but it's like, it's like FaceTime, but not in real time. Right. Okay. So you is can, it like, like, is it like Voxer, but video? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. I like it very much, but Heather and I, trade Marco Polo's, but she listens to me on two times speed. And while knowing that while I'm recording, I get like, it's like I get, I guess self-conscious is the right word, but like knowing that she will be listening to it doubly as I'm talking. Yes. And sometimes I like, can't, I'm like, (laughs) I can't know how fast this will be in your ears. And you know what? 
guess she always has the option to rewind. Um, that's true, but I, I am her people. I am a Mm -hmm. 1.5 minimum. And then there are some podcasts where I can do a two speed. Um, that's a lot. That's so much for me. It's the only way I get through as much content as I want to all to say Prince Harry, because he has, he did a beautiful job narrating the book. I will say, um, obviously he worked the professional writer. The professional writer did a beautiful job writing a very beautiful story. Harry did a great job narrating. I'm really glad I listened to it on 1.7 speaks. It was like <laughs> 16 hours long or something. Bananas. It's a really plotting it, it, based on all of the Instagrams that I have consumed. He has a yeah. very plotting cadence to his voice. Yes. I also, um, the book is in three parts. The first is like his youth. The middle part is his military career. And the third part is after that. Um, uh-huh. I have a bachelor's degree in military history and theory. So do that you part, really? I do. Um, wow. I, it's an international affairs degree, but like that was my focus. Um, okay. That's a fascinating nugget so, to know about you. Yes. So I just uh, like conflict and specifically how to resolve it was like kind of my okay. major okay, so you're like war is it for me war, <laughs> and then also uh let's bring a feminine energy to like yeah pull this shit together please you're like Joan um, of Arc wow thank you um we can <laughs> circle back to that um but yeah so I have all to say I loved the third of his book that was about uh the military, I, I, it was just really interesting to me. And I'm certain, and I had thoughts during that section that people who were listening or reading the book who just want some like hot Prince gossip were like, oh my gosh, why <laughs> am I in this? It was a lot of like Middle Eastern sand and tactical training. I thought it was fascinating. It is not for everybody. So, um, so if you have not gone to it yet, know that that is a big uh, a big component of the book that I found fascinating and other people may find not fascinating. And as a social media reader of the book, only yeah. I had no idea that existed in the book. So thank yes. you for bringing yes. that to my attention that I still won't read it, but it yes. is interesting to know. It's yes. Good. And really to sum up for you and anybody else who does not want to read it. Um, I believe him. He seems very immature. And my message to him is Harry, you're right about the tabloids. You did really good work on yourself. Now go live your life. Bye. We wish you well. <laughs> I think that's very good because I, I mean, again, as an Instagram a reader of this book, there were so many parts that I either heard the audio of or just saw the clip. Sammy from Betches mm-hmm. Media um, did some recaps. Do you follow her? She's a very good follow. Yes. Um, I, I feel like I just get all of her content because everybody else does. Um, like shares it. Yeah. It, so she's I, I, I might as well follow. Yeah. But she shared like highlights, like yeah. her Kindle highlighted. Um, there were so many parts that I felt like it was satirical almost like it was like onion the onion like wrote this book yes. and then in the back of my mind like all of the beautiful passages he wrote about megan i was like megan wrote these <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. when you had a boyfriend like to go back to the 2000s and you would like write in a way message on your boyfriend's computer to be like my girlfriend's beautiful you know like yes. whatever oh yeah and i mean that's kind of how i, I mean i i never i never did that I didn't either because I didn't have a boyfriend, but but you know, there were those people who did that. Oh yeah. No, I definitely like edited a, an instant messenger profile occasionally to just like add a little, add a little like bracket three heart. But anyways, um, mine was only ever the lyrics of Kelly Clarkson behind these hazel eyes. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Excellent choice. So all to say, we can put a pin in that because I feel like I, I ramble a lot about um, the Royals, but but yeah, since our since our last uh, recording session, I turned thirty eight. I crushed through spare on audio. Um, I got COVID, uh, and then today I was on day six of COVID, which means in Connecticut I can send my children back to school with masks on. And I was a like, real win, yeah. Get out of my house, y'all. Um, so then I colored my hair and bought a new pillow. So I'm just really leaning into <laughs> no complaint for your your 38 year. Honestly. Yeah, I'm just 38 is, is crushing it. So that's we did get some commentary and feedback regarding your anecdote last week about um, meeting Camilla's nanny. <laughs> and here's here's my new theory, along with several other people. 
any older woman who's British can claim to be Camilla's nanny. And I need this woman to come on our podcast and show us proof. I'll be really nice about it, but I do want to know. I'll believe her no matter what she says. I do want to make that clear. She, whatever words come out of her mouth will be gospel to me, (laughs) but I love the idea of like just a ring of scam nannies who are like vaguely British that are like, yeah, I was. Or to me, it's like the the British equivalent of um, the fictional Emily Gilmore, who just like has <laughs> it's that it's that yes <laughs> has has new maids every time that are so interchangeable for her. Yes, that this woman probably is one of one of Camilla's many uh, in like a revolving door of nannies for her. Yeah, her children. name's probably like Mary, and like they could all be Mary. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah, um, I love that. So we. In a big change. So I have, I don't know what has happened to my Kindle Unlimited algorithm. Oh. Um, I, I have been kind of like reading slowly. Like I've read some good books and one that was actually really good. And now I don't remember what it was, but they've all, nothing like has stood out to me. They've okay. all been like fine, Great. generic, okay. thrillery, yeah. whatever. Don't even know the names of them. Okay. But I went yesterday to browse because I'm like, I'm in need of a new book. I'm only getting like the porniest porn books in the whole world recommended by Kindle Unlimited. Like the one yesterday was (laughs) Four Daddies for Christmas. And it was a reverse, no, a military reverse harem holiday tale. No. I'll say (laughs) I'm going to post the cover on our Instagram and I'm sorry for what will happen to that algorithm. But (laughs) the thing that like, here's, I do, I I grabbed for this also were some comments, some reviews of this book. And I'm not shaming anyone who like loves literature porn, but this this book has everything I love. A strong female. She does not need a knight in shining armor. She has her animals, her farm, and her best friend. Four hot brothers who are all dominant, protective, and attentive. Cute kids with just the right amount of sass. A little drama and suspense, and the small town holiday setting is the icing on the cake. And I want to know what strikes you most about that review for Four Daddies for Christmas. Uh, that there are kids in it? Thank you. That was mine as well. Okay. Like, that was the real point. Somebody else commented on the plot twists. And I'm like, is the plot twist that there are children characters in this book? Children that are there. And also that they're, they're brothers was like another thing to maybe question mark. But again, I'm not whatever. Yeah. Okay. But the children who are cute with some sass, I'm interested in. So maybe we book club that. <laughs> maybe we book club for Daddies of Christmas and just like see where that takes us. Oh, man. I, I mean, but it's also like eventually. So four daddies for Christmas, one daddy for New Year's and three uncles. Like what? what? Oh, but you know what, Mallory? Ah. Here's why this is a good one for you, because it is oh. a military reverse harem. And as we just learned about you, you have an interest in military history. So I would like to know about mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. about military, not even reverse harems, just military harems. And then we can go from there. Well, the one experience I have with that is uh, my amphibious warfare class that I took. I was <laughs> sure the, did. I did. I, uh, I was the only a female presenting member of that student uh, arrangement. So it was, you could have had four daddies. I tried, girl. I tried so hard. I tried so freaking hard. We all had to, we had to because you didn't have two kids with sass. No, but I had a great rack, and I put. I, I mean, I remember the shirt that I wore for my presentation on the Battle of Salerno, and and I really tried. I tried so hard. Um, but you know, it was not to be. Right, it was well, a bunch of take some notes, just yeah. see. Yeah. But I did read instead, which again, hard to not read that one. But instead I read, um, it actually was a short story, which I was, did not intend to download, but consumed in one night. Uh, Taylor Jenkins read, it is a short story called evidence, the evidence of the affairs. And it is told solely through letters set in the seventies, as many of hers are. Mm -hmm. And it is a wife of another husband writes to a husband of another couple to say, I don't know you. I found letters from your wife to my husband. In his case, I think they're having an affair. 
they began a letter writing correspondence trying to uncover the affair. Interesting. It was I mean, Taylor Jenkins Reid is just really a flawless writer. She's a master, yeah. I flew through it. Now, it was quick because it's only in letters, but I highly recommend it if you're like between books or need something to kind of like jumpstart reading and Four Daddies for Christmas isn't doing it for you. (laughs) Um, It is also on Kindle Unlimited. That is my only gripe with Kindle Unlimited. They have a lot of exclusive writers Mm -hmm. that are like fine, but some of the bigger, better books they don't have. So Okay, got it. Um, No, I love that. I love it. Uh, I had to look it up to make sure I didn't make a fool of myself on on recording. Um, sure. But an epistolary book, which is, yeah. a, I love that. There was actually a Chris, to, to make this Venn diagram a circle, um, there was a Christmassy theme book I read last year um, that like really just hit all of my high notes of like yeah. World War II, uh, British or allied adjacent, uh, you know, yeah, letters to and from the front. It was just, it was wonderful. Just like wartime romance, Christmas letters. It was beautiful. Um, but I love that. Is it part, like was Taylor Jenkins read a lot of her worlds overlap? Did they do this this one? one? This one did not though. Daisy Jones was referenced in a letter as music one of these characters liked. Um, So there was clearly like some overlap and it took place in California um, in the mid seventies, but there was not like an overlapping world. Got it. Got it. Cool. I like that. What are you reading and loving right now? So after I crushed through Spare, um, I picked up um, a book that has been like, I can't renew it at the library anymore because I've renewed it too many times. Oh, like I just, I had it out and on my shelf and I was like, I got to read this. Um, it's by an author named Emma Donahue, who I adore. She wrote the book. One of yeah. She wrote the book Room, which then was oh, turned yeah. into that movie um, with Brie Larson um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in it, which I loved both the book and the movie adaptation of it. Um, yeah. She also wrote a book called The pull of the stars, I want to yeah, say, um, which was hard to read because it was like set in the flu pandemic oh. of 1918. And then like yeah. it, it came out in like January, 2020 or something. So she was like, Ooh, shit, that was bad timing. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a very well done book. So then I saw at the library that she had another book out, um, called Haven. And I was like, oh, Emma, Emma Donahue, I'm in. Yeah. I, hated this book so much. No. I hated it so much. Um, I, I wrote a review on Goodreads because I hated it so much. <laughs> I did see this on Instagram and I'm so glad you're talking about it. <laughs> and I, think, I think basically it's uh, the best way for me to sum it up is the two and a half pages of author notes were more interesting than the 252 pages of the story. Um, the only reason I have also given myself the gift that like, I will quit a book if I'm like, this mm-hmm. is stupid or this is boring or this is trigger, whatever it is, I-, I will quit a book. This book was like I said, 250 ish pages. So for me, that's like a, yeah, I was like, that's not like a super long book. It's not yeah. long. So like, I usually will give myself for that, like maybe 50, maybe 75 pages to be like, am I vibing with this? Am I? No. Eh. Um, it's blurbed by like Margaret Atwood blurbs it. Like there's some heavy hitters who are like, this is intense and stunning and poignant and blah, blah, blah. It was so stupid. It was so boring. And it, it just was, it leaned into a trope of like, um, it, it basically is about three monks who leave to settle an Island, um, that's like uninhabited, but has like billions of birds on it. And the one guy who's the leader is just like so uh, fanatical in his zeal that it becomes like it to me, obviously it becomes like so insane and like kind of abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't want them to build a shelter. He wants them to build an altar. He doesn't yeah. want them, right? Like he doesn't want them to plant a garden. He wants them to like cut down the tree, not for firewood, but to build a cross. And the other two oh, monks sure. are like, are like, well, yeah, it's summer now. That's fine. What happens when it's yeah, cold? Yeah. Cook. Um, and just, and there wasn't anything interesting. There's like an old monk and a young monk. And then this weird, it, it was like, the I hated the book so much and like finally got myself through it just because I was like honestly stuck at home with yeah. 
right. four out of five members of my family yes. sick. And I was like, I need a minute. Here's a book. Let me just pretend it's enthralling. It was not. Mm-hmm. Skip it. Do not read it. Um, I don't know that I would read a cover about three monks and be like, this is it for me. Yeah, but it, it, it gave me like the, the blurbing of it was like, this is an exploration of spirituality and isolation sure. and does, and does isolation draw you closer to God or does it draw you oh. further away? It, it, the whole book was stupid. All of the okay. philosophical things that were promised to me, it, it was stupid. What was the book that act, what was actually a little bit like that, that you recommended to me about the sisters in their exploration of faith? Oh. That one was very good. God save the girls. Yeah, that's it. God spare the girls. Maybe it was God, God spare the girls. Maybe so. Yeah. One, Ty- it was I this diagram with spare. Good. <laughs> I know. I like it. Um, so that one, like, that, that one, was, that one was great. Actually, God did. spare the girls. You're God right. spare the girls. Thank you to the word spare. Um, so that one really did have a, a very interesting examination of faith and mm-hmm. growth of faith and loss of faith. This one was just like it was like it was like lord of the flies uh abuse of the flesh for jesus it was so stupid and i hated it um do not Um, read it i did just i did just google god spare the girls to make sure neither of us look like idiots and book two is coming out in 2024 authors um google Google. Yeah. Her Google says. So there you go. There's something to look forward to. Perfect. So then other than that with spare, like I said, I joined audible, um, to get the book for free and then I get another book for free before I have to cancel on February 9th or I get charged. Um, so I, after long looking for it in audiobook format at my library and surrounding libraries, I am listening to um, Brandy Carlisle's memoir, Broken Horses. Oh, yes. Our podcast friend Rachel. Oh, man. Oh, man. Loves it. She is, um, she evangelizes this book and I completely get it now. And I, like the worst part of it is that I have waited so freaking long to listen to this book. Really? I love it so much. And, um, Speaking of people who have uh, faith in their story, mm-hmm. growth in their faith, changes to their faith, questions about their faith. Um, but really the best part of this being an audiobook for me is that she, Brandy Carlisle, not Rachel, she, Brandy, will um, sing at the end of each chapter. So oh, like, that's cool. It's beautiful. So she'll talk about like, oh, you know, my friend Amber Lee and I were doing XYZ and then we grew apart and I wrote the song. And then at the end of the chapter, she sings a song. And it's oh, like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I get it. Just it ties it all to, together so beautifully. And then you that's have so to, nice. to hear Brandy Carlisle's voice and it's just her and a guitar, which is just, it's just sublime. So that's that. And then in terms of a hardcover book last night, was it yesterday I finished Haven, I guess. And I just was so salty about it. I just was so mad that I wasted so much time on this stupid book. Um, So I picked up another book written by another author who I love and have read many, many books by. The author is Kate Atkinson. And I just like worship at anything she does. And this book is called Shrines of Gaiety. Uh, And my understanding is it's like, uh, let me see here on Goodreads. Yeah. So it's, it's London, 1926, roaring twenties, corruption, seduction, debts are due. There we go. Um, Um, And Kate Atkinson, um, if you haven't ever read any Kate Atkinson, start with the book life after life. It is perfect. Okay. Um, I, I lobbied my husband so hard to put Ursula on our girl name list because <laughs> the main character's name is Ursula. And he was like, no, the, the fuck we are. Absolutely not. Um, no, you're not naming our child Calamari. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, not sure. But, I, but, oh man, but Ursula Todd is the heroine of this book and it is the most beautiful. And it's this woman who, uh, it's it's a rebirth book. So like she dies in infancy and then wakes up again and like is reborn and basically keeps getting reborn and keeps living longer and longer and longer. And then maybe, maybe has the opportunity to become part of uh, Hitler's inner circle with the, ex- <laughs> with the express aim of assassinating him. Okay, it that's is, a plot twist. It is so, it is just like historical fiction set in and around World War II with British characters 
which is just, (laughs) that is like the pulsating core of my heart is those kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, stories. So this one, and she's just, it's, it's perfect. And I love that book. So start there, but also I have, I'm like 13 pages into shrines of gaiety and I put it down last night and was like, yep, I'm in. Here we go. Good. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, I'm going to check her out. I have her her Google up also. So that's okay. great. Um, I just want to mention, I yes. can't, I think I did um, last time because we it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. We finished um, the series Wednesday, mm-hmm. which was yeah. a surprise and delight. We awesome. loved it. I think it's very hard to strike the balance of dark comedy, camp. Mm-hmm bringing back kind of a classic making it like a legit thriller and it hit every every box um their casting was fantastic jenna ortega as um as wednesday is fantastic a revelation she she looks Um, spot on oh she is and um then we pivoted from there and watched the offer on paramount plus do you know anything Mm -hmm. about the show no i was not interested but i wanted to give david a, a win on this but it mm-hmm. is a it stars miles teller as the producer of the godfather and it tells the story of the making oh. of the godfather okay yes i remember um, trailers for this okay. okay i have when i tell you i have no interest in the godfather like <laughs> it would be like telling you i have no interest in like washing my baseboards like i do i won't do it. i don't yeah. care so i was not interested in this from the get-go and yet I do recommend it because the making of The Godfather now I have learned is much more interesting than the movie could possibly aim to be. And the acting was very good. And not even because Miles Teller is in it. Juno Temple is excellent. Um, And I love her. I love her. Yeah. Matthew Good, who was on Downton Abbey, but I didn't watch that show. um, No, he he is from Chasing Liberty with Mandy Moore. Let's just not get it. That's how I knew who he was. Thank you. I knew who he was from that, but he is phenomenal in it. Um, It's Giovanni Ribisi is in it with this Mm -hmm. voice that like was really hard for me to handle listening to, but apparently was like spot on. Anyway, it was, it is very good. If you're looking for something that's like very different in terms of like content, it was great. Like the last episode, David turned to me and he was like, do we have to watch the Godfather now? And I'm like, maybe like after watching like how it was made, I'm like, maybe we do. Okay, first off, have you seen the Godfather before? No. All okay. I know about the Godfather is what I know from, um, you've got mail. Got it. Okay. So that's pretty to the much- mattresses. <laughs> that covers it. You've got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will say, uh, the book Mario Puzo's The Godfather, yes, the actual yes. novel, is one of the greatest books I've ever read in my entire life. Huh. Okay. And then I saw the movie after it and was like, huh, this is a great movie made all about this amazing book. Really? And it is truly, I, I loved the book. Well, Justin Chambers of Grey's Anatomy fame oh, yeah. plays Marlon Brando, oh, which okay. I think which I was like, I don't mm. think this is going to work, but it really did. And then there's an actor who plays Al Pacino. Like it was very interesting that these actors were portraying the people who were then in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But the actor who played young Al Pacino was amazing as what a young Al Pacino would be. Yeah. Anyway, it was very good. Somehow they did it cool. without being whatever. Um cool. I love that kind of thing of just like the behind the scenes or like yes. how, how the sausage gets made. And I've also, lo- I loved the book and I love the Godfather. Okay. Then so you would like the I would like, it I is, would like this. What they, the hoops they had to jump through with the actual mafia to make this movie was oh, I bet. Yeah. unbelievable, which I yeah. had no idea. Um, I want to also pivot away from consumption kind of oh, okay. to uh, something very interesting that I would like your take on. Yes. So I follow many an influencer on Instagram. Um, and often I don't like to be like, well, the inf- because of social media, X, Y, or Z happens. I don't know why. I feel like I want to outsmart social media, I guess, mm-hmm. even though it is like the core of our existence. But <laughs> there's an influencer named Rachel Parcell. She is one of four sisters. Um, they're all like kind of famous in their own right. She and her sister, Emily, were among the early fashion bloggers. They live in Utah. Is she the wash your face girl? No. I will never heard, speak about her. Okay, cool, cool. I just heard Rach, Rachel and I was like, oh shit, is that this? Okay, never mind. No. Moving on. No, Rachel this herself. is, this is um, 
like, and I only say this because it is a, like a very true subsect of influencers. She is a Mormon fashion blogger. Got it. Yep. Okay. So her blog was Pink Peonies. Her sister was the Ivory Lane. I hate to tell you that I went on a big gummy thing about them for years just to like understand their background. I'm very interested in this because they they clearly like put a lot of um, stock in their image and all of that. Fine. Like apparently their father at age 18 buys them each a nose job. It's a, it's a lot, right? Okay. So now she's a mother of three. She has a daughter. They're very, very, very into dance culture, which I could get into like a whole other <laughs> rabbit hole about, even though we are now an Irish dance family. But there's a like very specific dance culture that I think like you like heavy makeup on six year olds, oh, yeah. yeah. like the really slacked buns with like glitter and hairspray and yes, like and very yeah. sparkly tops and undulating yeah. hips on toddlers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot yeah. for me to, I have questions, but yeah. anywho, she posted um, the other week. I just find her interesting, especially because increasingly she has been more outspoken about her beliefs about um, we should not outlaw abortion, which was like a very surprising thing for her to say yeah. from what would be considered a very, you know, conservative background. Anyway, I find her interesting, but she posted right after Christmas, this TikTok video, which of course I saw on Instagram as an elder millennial, that she had just gotten her nose done again. Um, And she was like, go, go behind the scenes about why I got my nose job. And I was like, okay. So she goes on to say, because of using filters on Instagram, she liked how her nose looked better in filters than in real life. So decided to get a nose job to look like the filter that she liked. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she got it widened like at the bridge. She like did this whole thing, which truly, and I'm not just saying this, I cannot tell a difference mm-hmm. in what it was, which is also interesting because like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So this opened up this whole can of worms for me, right? Of are we like, yay, Rachel, for just saying that you did it and like liking how you looked better and and whatever. Then I'm like, but you know that this was directly influenced by your use of a filter. Right. And you're a mom. And I'm not saying like moms can't do things, but it's confusing to me as a mom with girls mm-hmm. to be like, if you don't like how your body looks, you can fix it versus being like, no, I don't know. It, it's such an interesting thing. And then I, as a person who is apologetic by nature and mm-hmm. full of shame by nature, I'm like, imagine being like, hey, can you take my kids for a few days while I recover from this nose job that I'm having because I liked how it looked from my Instagram filter? And so she goes on to say, like, I probably won't u- won't use, will not use filters anymore because I don't want them to convince me to fix something else. But I'm like, but you did. Mm-hmm. I wish listeners could see your face eyes because I think it is expressive <laughs> of like, what do we take from this? Because I, yeah. I cannot stop thinking about it, but I don't know where I land on it. I don't want to just go judgmental, but that is how I feel. Yeah. And I think, I mean, with anything like this, there's black and white and then tons of gray area. There's tons mm-hmm. and tons. And I think like you're saying on one side, you're like, yeah, sure. You do you you wanted to do this and you did it great. And on the other side, it's like the motivations you have to make Mm -hmm. this permanent alteration to your body is driven from something that is not real. And what example are you saying? I mean, it's, you know, I think it can be both and, you know, sort of the, the kind of tongue in cheek, it seems of her being like, and I won't do this again. I know that this was because of a filter and now I won't use filters. It's like, well, you sure? Right. Will but you then not? It's like, well, what you if gonna- there's a better filter that comes out later that like actually shows you, you liked your nose before, right. but this filter just happens right. to make it look better. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I've been, you know, I, I love a filter and I've been really, really trying on my, you know, <laughs> 200 person friends and family Instagram Mm -hmm. page to not use them mainly because that's not what I look like. You know, Mm -hmm. my my face is naturally very red. I've got some very expressive Mm -hmm. (laughs) eyes, forehead, mouth, et cetera. Um, I have texture to my skin. I have wrinkles and zits. It's so fun. Um, 
I, I, I want to look like a filter. I love using a filter. I look amazing, but I really try not to because if nothing else, it's like, I want to, if I see someone in my phone and it's different than the person I see in the mirror or mm-hmm. in the reflection at the ATM or, or anywhere if I, you know, if, if I'm in the background of somebody else's picture or a video right. my kids are taking across the room of like, well, that's not what I look like, but it is that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the smallest amount of time that I'm seeing myself filtered is going to be what I think aspire. about yes. aspire right, to right, right. because it's, because it, it looks great. And I all, you know, so like, I guess in taking this off of Rach Parcell, it's like for myself, I'm just really trying to do, do better and do more about like really understanding what my face looks like and what I look like right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I also will give you the opposite side of this coin. Um, I had when I was (laughs) a baby, like a mirror in my crib. I think this mm-hmm. was like back, you know, it was back in the eighties when it was like, okay to have shit in a crib. Yeah, um, like lead, like just right. lead. I'm sure I just chewed on it and that's why I am the way I am. But when my parents put me into a big kid bed, um, I asked for them to put the mirror on my bed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. See, that um, would be like Jane Ellis who were like, you're so beautiful. And she's like, I know. Mm-hmm. She, well, she just goes, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, there was a there was an old lady who told me once in the grocery store. My mom loves this story. She was like, "Oh, aren't you such a pretty little girl?" And apparently, I looked back at her and said, "Yes." And aren't you going to tell me I have beautiful blue eyes? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> my mother is like, ah, "No, please, oh humility, what are you?" But but like for a little kid, I mean, if yeah, if this well, is what you were like nine, where it wasn't precocious anymore, it was just God, wouldn't have that been amazing. Um, <laughs> would have been so amazing. No, I just went home to my freaking Disney baby crib mirror <laughs> on my bed at nine years old. Caroline, I had this on my bed. I slept in a twin bed from age two to 18. That mirror was on there the whole freaking time. Will I'm- Ford was in my life. <laughs> When I had a Disney baby, you want it to be bad. So here's so, what I'm picturing: yes. I used to like to watch myself cry to sad songs like oh, Tony Braxton, "Unbreak My Heart." Yeah, because also crying makes my eyes super green. Like I look. Mm. David actually told me that I look like a Kardashian when I cry, which like didn't make me feel nice. But my <laughs> eyes do look really green. So. I think it's because like, again, I have had some like emotional repression and just don't cry anymore. But all that to say, I, <laughs> I don't have a therapist right now either. But um, I can picture my 18 year old self having a Disney crib mirror and like really pumping up those jams yeah. to like watch myself cry in it. Oh, yeah. Like a little, you know, Jojo too little too late crying out the window. <laughs> yeah. Looking good. off over my shoulder. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, and that really mortifying story to say, um, as much as I'm trying to be like aware of my role in beauty culture, diet culture, Uh the patriarchy that's trying to keep us all down and tell us we're hideous. I also like am vain and like to look at my face. (laughs) No, but that's so good because I, I think what that kind of opened for me is I was like, okay, I don't think she should have done that. Like hard stop. That feels very odd to me. It doesn't sit with me that she would like knowingly be like, I'm going to choose a procedure that will Mm -hmm. make me look like my filter. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, what would my line be? Because Mm -hmm. let's say there was a facial that I went to for an hour that gave me the luminous glow of a filter that I liked. Right. Okay. 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 Right. What is my line? And so then I'm thinking about like, you know, we have talked about, I don't do Botox. I'm not planning on it, but I'm aware that I look older as a result of that than people who do do Botox. And I think there's a line because I do think there are some people who are looking prematurely older because they have used too much filler, whatever. Yeah. We've seen Vanderpump. We've seen Vanderpump roles. They all look like like 45 (laughs) year old women. Yes, they do. So there's a line. But so I'm like, okay, I don't Botox. That's fine. It's fine that other people do, but I do like a skin routine now. I do very much prefer my face with makeup than without it. Mm -hmm. I highlight my hair. And so it just continues to bring up this box of like, what then is too, what then is too much? Like, why does that feel like that was too much? Yeah. And 
if that's my argument, then like I should never do anything. But it just becomes this like beauty vortex that I don't know where it lands. I see it less as a vortex and much more, um, like I said, there's black and white and then like this continuum of the gray area in between. Where is your line? Like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like on, I'm, no one can see this at the podcast, but like I'm moving my hand back and forth, like on a sliding scale. Like, yeah, are you at a four? Are you at an eight? Are you at a 20? Are you, you know, so you sort of, everyone it will be different. Um, you know, a friend of mine this fall had had plastic surgery and just really was, you know, lost weight after having kids, but was so uncomfortable with her C-section scar and just mm. really was like, I, I'm not, I, I don't want this stomach. Yeah. I don't want this. This is not my body. I, it feels foreign to me. Everything mm-hmm. else uh, about my body feels mine. And this does not. Um, Interesting. So it's one of those. I, I mean, I think, I think to, um, I follow on Instagram Again, a TikTok influencer who's moved to to Instagram for more old people like us, um, Dylan Mulvaney, who has been transitioning to, you know, her her body matching her uh, gender, mm-hmm. and she had facial feminization surgery a month ago or so. Okay, and then went off social media, and for me, you know, like so, you're saying we're age partial. It's like who am I as a viewer to comment on whether or not your motivation for surgery is Mm -hmm. just is right, is correct. And for me with Dylan Mulvaney, she's been very much like, okay, she has this whole thing. You may, she's just like, it's X day of girlhood. So like, Mm -hmm. it's my 50th day of being a girl. It's my hundredth day of being a girl. Yeah. And her point being like so many famous people, we see who have transitioned like a Laverne Cox. We see her as like a fully realized, beautiful adult woman. Right. Right. What about this journey from someone who was born male to transitioning to a a female Mm -hmm. presenting body? And Dylan's whole thing is like, I want to take you along for that journey. And then she got the surgery and is like, I'm puffy. I'll post pictures later. And I was like, wait a second. And, and, and like yeah. me as like not invested in this person at all, other than like, mm-hmm. she's just full of joy and has taught me a lot about like this. Like I know, I know gay people. I have gay people in my family, in my life, but trans people are people I am trying to be more educated on. So mm-hmm. following her has like given me so much, so much mind expansion, but then I just was real at remembering that her whole thing was like, I just want people to be able to look to my journey for like the dirty and frustrating and yeah. complicated parts as well. And then she goes and has this surgery, which is going to be a huge thing yeah. for her going forward. And, and we just are going to see a before and an after, like many weeks later, I was so, um, I guess like as a viewer, I was disappointed. Yep. Yep. And then also as a consumer of the message of this takes time and change, you know, mm-hmm. incremental changes, it's not overnight. I sort of was like, well, why can't we see the, why can't we see these increments? Why can't we see right. this puffy or this bruised? Because that's the realistic part of going through right. some of this. So, so I don't know. Um, and so to your point, where is my line? Is my line, well, I'm okay if you get surgery as long as I see the gross part of it. Like not, you know, yeah. not, to, not to like gawk at someone when they're uncomfortable or, or recovering, but if that's part of a person's documentation of their journey, we'll show us. Right. But also, well, but also it's private and it's your heel. So like, well, do that's you, how I, but huh. That's how I felt with Rachel Parcell. Cause I'm like, well, if someone noticed her nose, which again, maybe no one did. Cause it was like a millimeters difference, yeah. but whatever. She knows better than anybody, except probably you, like the message boards about her and wondering <laughs> about her and what she would have had done, whatever yeah. would have been rampant. Her comments would have been rampant. Right better to just acknowledge it and like be fine. But I think it made me realize over again, like that I know about myself is as much as I'm like, live your life. I am deeply judgmental. Yeah. And especially I think of moms in similar life stages. And so where I go to is like, 
I try to make choices for my life that into a fault. Again, this is this is just being real that to a fault, I try to make choices that when my children reach a point in their lives that they need parenting, I will not have to tell them something that I did differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, and that's not always the best case scenario, right? Sometimes you need to parent them from a mistake that you made, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking, okay, she has a child who will be, if she doesn't already have her own social media accounts and whatever, how do you then parent to a boundary? And again, I'm making this about Rachel, but it's a bigger thing. Like, how do you parent of, I did all of this to myself because I was not happy, but like, I don't want you using the social media to the, to the point that it it affects who you are and how you see yourself because you're perfect how you are. I am now because I went under operations to make sure I was. And that's why my nose doesn't look like yours or my, whatever, my tummy that carried you. It's all fine, but it makes me uncomfortable. I think with the depth of judgment I feel. And then I'm like, well, that's a me thing, I think. But am I also valid feeling this way? So anyway, it brings up a lot of complexity of feelings for me. Yeah. And it is, it is really complicated. I think be, I think being a parent also, I mean, gosh, changes so many of these things of like, like my parents parenting me as a teenager are different than how I'm parenting mm-hmm. my teenager. Yes. Cause, cause I did different things as a teenager than yeah. my mom did, or my dad did as a teen, you know, so like, I can't, I can't have a, you know, I don't want to give examples. Anyways, it's just your Disney mirror knows it all. Yeah, my my Disney mirror knows it all. Will Afford knows plenty. <laughs> the chaperones at St. John's dances know so much more than they should. Um, but really, I think it's with any of these things. It's like what's good for me is not good for someone else. What's good for someone else is not always good for me. You know, it's just yeah. kind of it's kind of just like finding our place in like this big. I don't know. I'm doing all these visuals like of, of a continuum, but in this case, it's just kind of like, we're all, we're all just kind of in this together, but we're at different mm-hmm. points. We're yeah. All- no, I think that that's a good, that's a good, I don't know, yeah. comma on the conversation. Yeah. Maybe. I would be, I I would be, I would be interested to, um, you know, an Instagram comment is obviously not the place to have any kind of like nuanced back and forth discussion about this. But I really, I really would be interested to hear if any of the listeners have like what their take is, either if it's specifically yeah. about, you know, these social media people we've mentioned or just like their own um, experience with, I don't know, Botox, beauty culture, diet culture. Mm-hmm and parenting or in kids or like how you, how you explain or discuss or position yourself, um, in that. I would, I would love to have that conversation open up. I think that's interesting. No, that's great. We'll wrap it up there because I, I would love, I mean, DM us, you can, uh, we are at a good idea pod. You can email us. We're a good idea pod at gmail.com. You can leave comments. Um, but yeah, I think this was a great discussion that will continue because there's only more and more that we will discover. Oh yeah. Like so, this. Much, so much always to unpack when it comes to, uh, our bodies, our relations with other bodies, uh, either ones we know or ones we see filtered on the internet. So yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And all of that, for some reason, brings me to an interview that I saw one time with Jessica Simpson, who <laughs> was open, openly vocal about her virginity until she got married, talking about how much she liked to dry hump Nick Lachey. I mean, Jessica Simpson, so. what a what a what a time capsule, like truly the Jessica Simpson of your versus the Jessica Simpson now, who's like a billionaire business owner. <laughs> I know, and I have, sure I have multiple pairs of her shoes. Oh, yeah. But good for her. What a transformation. Good for her. Good she is girl. irresistible. All right. <laughs> we will be back here sometime, and we will keep you posted. Mallory, thank you as always. Bye, everybody.